Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Film Addicts. We are doing 12 Angry Men today. This is Paul. This is Greg. This is Isan. Thanks for joining us. Greg, why don't you give us some facts on what we've got with this movie here? So today we're doing 12 Angry Men. It came out in 1957. It stars Henry Fonda, uh, and it's directed by Sidney Lumet. Written by Reginald Rose, also produced by Henry Fonda and Reginald Rose. Um, it stars, I'm going to read off, usually I don't read off every single cast member, but for 12 Angry Men, all of them are incredibly important, so I'm going to read them all off. Uh, we have Martin Balsam, John Fielder, Lee J. Cobb, E.J. Marshall, Jack Klugman, uh, Edward Bins, Jack Warden, Henry Fonda, Joseph Sweeney, Ed Begley, George Voskovec, and Robert Weber. So all 12 of those guys, it was nominated for three Oscars in 1958. Lost to, lost Best Picture to The Bridge on the River Kwai. And it was also nominated for Best Director, Best Screenplay based on another medium. So big awards that it was nominated for, but just kind of up against a juggernaut. Yeah, Bridge on the River Kwai is on the AFI list. That's I would say that's a really, really good movie. I'm looking forward to when we get to it. So losing to that movie, I would not hinder it in any sort of way, at least as far as going on the list for being nominated or winning awards in that sense. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it's it's essentially it's follows the twelve actors or jurors after the closing arguments of a murder trial. Um, they deliberate and with the understanding that a guilty verdict means the death for the accused, who is uh, an inner city, city teen who you really only see at the very, very beginning. Um, as all 12 of the men try to reach a unanimous decision while they're basically locked in a room, Henry Fonda's character casts considerable doubt on elements of the case. And as, as uh, the film goes on, personal issues rise to the surface and conflict threatens to derail the delicate process that will decide one boy's fate. Wonderful. Yeah, great job, Paul. Had you seen it before? Yes. Really? In that class? That's not yes. often. That cla- remember he took that crazy uh, fiction movie class fiction and film. where yeah. he watched Do the Right Thing when we were like, oh, really? Paul. Yeah. What else did you watch in that? Do you remember? Apocalypse uh, Now. Apocalypse Star Now. Wars. now is Star Wars great. was on the list. Eraserhead, which to this day is the most terrible movie I have ever seen. You should watch some other David Lynch movies then. Fuck. <laughs> They're all the same. You're going to like them all. You're going to love them all. Uh, I can't remember any others at the top of my head, though. So you watched this in the film class. How, how yes. old were you? It's probably about 16 or 17. Okay. At the time, did not appreciate it. Really? Yeah. Really? I, didn't, okay. I absolutely did not hate it, but it was not a film that I was particularly engaged in, and this time watching it, I was locked in for the entire time. Yeah. That was great. So I had seen it before several times. Mm. First time I actually ever saw it, I think it was, I think it was in eighth grade in my uh, English really? class, and I think... It's hard to know for sure, but I think this is the first ever black and white movie I saw really? in my life. Like, I, I don't Man. remember seeing one before it. And I remember in eighth grade loving the movie. Thought it was great. We ended up reading. So originally what we did was we read the script or read the screenplay. Uh, I guess read the play 
um, in class and we had 12 different people and everybody read kind of their part. Uh, and I remember I was jury foreman is what I was assigned. So oh, number I re- one. Nice. Exactly. Miscast, miscast. <laughs> I was, I was, um, <laughs> such an eight. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we did that and then we watched the movie and, uh, at the time I loved the movie, loved it. I didn't love it as much oh, this really? time. Yeah. You loved it in eighth grade and you did not love it as much. Correct. Yeah. Why? Do you know why? I think we'll talk about it throughout. We should do a podcast on that. That would be real. (laughs) Like we're doing right now. Sorry, Paul. (laughs) Uh, So me and our producer, Zach, actually, we did it in ninth grade. We read the play and then we watched the movie and stuff like that. So that's where I had seen it before. school was a little worse than mine. Yeah, yeah, a little lower. A little lower. I mean, we were still ninth, eighth grade. Paul's in Hawaii. What's he doing? 17? I mean, come on. 16. Yeah, how do you ever... (laughs) Anyway, so... I mean, have a word bank on the test? (laughs) I really liked it uh, at the time and I think I probably am with Greg. I still really, really like it, but there's certain things in it that annoy me yep. now as an adult than when I was a kid, I would say. And I we'll didn't talk even about notice, that too. I don't even think I noticed them as a kid, but definitely just watching more films. Yeah. Being, and certainly watching more films on this list, I think you become less tolerant for things that aren't oh, so perfect. The things you're less tolerant about are theatrical things not a, like plot not or theme, theme. well oh. certain certain aspects of it are kind of hokey there's a lot of hokey moments in here yeah so for that me I don't it's, really like. yeah for yeah. me it's more like writing and theme type stuff not so much as what's going on on the camera i guess you would say paul yeah. i was gonna ask are you talking about the angry acting in the movie yeah i feel like a lot of stuff is overacted um and then i feel like some of the scenes that they do are really cheesy like, would these things really happen in a true jury deliberation? And that's okay. We obviously know that movies are amped up versions of real life. And, you know, these big romantic gestures don't always happen um, in every relationship. And these things don't aren't, don't have to be 100% accurate. But just found a lot of the things to be not that believable. In, in particular, I mean, I don't know if we really want to get into, like, my least favorite scene now. But um, I think... So I'll talk about my least favorite scene later. I guess okay. we can just go into acting then, since that seems to be a lot of your issues, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um. So let's just talk about Henry Fonda. Paul, what do you know about Henry Fonda? Like, you know his name or not? Or any movies do you know? Like, do you know he's famous or? Yes, I know he's famous, but I couldn't name any of the other movies he's been okay. in. Okay. Yeah. What and about... Give me some examples. Okay. On so, Golden Pond. That's the only one I know. Yeah. So for me, it's My Darling Clementine, Battle of the Bulge, How the West Was Won. I saw of, How the West Was Won. Grapes huh. of Wrath. Those are some of his more famous roles. I remember hating with, How, how the West Was Won. And then On Golden Pond is the one he won Academy Award for. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not super familiar with him. I would say this is the only movie of his that I've seen. I've seen How the West Was Won. Don't remember him at all um father of jane fonda obviously um peter fonda an easy writer see when i was a kid we weren't allowed to watch jane fonda movies because she's such a communist my grandfather (laughs) my my grandfather will not watch any jane fonda movies not one he'll never go to a jane fonda movie said he'll never do it so can can we detour (laughs) on this like what is jane fonda's it was her outspoken actions against in particular for him against the vietnam war yeah she's very uh leftist activist okay um what about you greg henry fonda just first uh, first movie um and being such a iconic actor very similar to the last podcast with cary grant 
I expected more, you know, like not to say that Cary Grant did a bad job, but he just didn't blow me away. I expected Henry Fonda to be in this courtroom and to be just owning every scene. And I just felt like he was kind of whiny and I felt like he was overacting a lot. Uh, and I felt like a lot of his words, like a lot of his stuff was strained. I mean, it wasn't just wasn't that believable. And I don't think it was the character. I just, I don't know. Is that how he is normally? Yeah, I don't know. That's so strange because when I first, when the, when he first came into the scene, I felt like I could feel like a power from him. Maybe just, I know who Henry Fonda is, but I say, yeah. oh, this is the guy. I feel like even if you had never seen a movie in your whole life with Henry Fonda, you had no idea who that was. And I feel like when you first watch this movie in the first couple things he says, even when he's just standing by the window with the cigarette, I feel like you would know this is the guy. You do know he's the guy and they definitely make him wear like a lighter suit and it definitely yes, makes him happens, stand yeah. out. Obviously that's, those are kind of the things that I feel like are a little bit hopeful. So in, the, I think this is one of the things that I was talking about. Like when I first watched it, when I was like a kid, I was like, yeah, Henry Fonda, you go, you do it. You're the man. And when I watched it this time, I was kind of like, I, you, you seem kind of whiny, dude. Yeah. It's like, I'm just saying it's possible. You know, you know which one I'm talking about? Yes, where it's like, I, yeah. And, and just like, but that, uh, that, Okay, let's take it back to Ben-Hur. I think we talked about this when we were talking about Ben-Hur at one point, which is, like, there are certain themes or certain things that they did in the 50s with movies that seemed like that. that's just what they did. Extreme close-ups, overacting, probably also something I would say is pretty common of the time. So I didn't view it as, like, problematic because at the time that was probably just what you did yeah when i watched the movie i didn't notice it like a ton except for a couple lines were just like so cheesy to me that i couldn't i was like it took me out of it a couple times and that wasn't my favorite but the other time i was like really glued to the screen i'm like this is really good i'm loving this like you talk you talk let's hear it oh that's silky and i do have to say overall i still really like the movie um i really liked it as an eighth grader i think that this movie would seem really high level and deep yes. to not a super film buff to somebody that's just like kind of casual. Maybe you watch a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I don't really know, but then you go and watch Ball. this movie and you say like, you know what? This movie was like super impactful. I love the themes. It's really deep. But for me, there's just a million movies that just do things a lot better than this. And movie is that how you felt Paul? I did. I did. Good. I did feel like nice. it was. A, awesome. Yeah, I, I did like it a lot for those reasons. I mean, it just was a. I don't know. I. It was very interesting to watch a movie that was basically locked in a single room and relied very <laughs> That's heavily. Cool. I, That's think, I think it's super actors. awesome, and it's so. It just. It's all. Almost all of it is all acting. And, or at least that's what you pick up the first time you watch it. It's all acting. And they picked such great people. I feel like every juror or most of the jurors are doing like are, are their characters are doing excellent jobs. Maybe some a little too much yelling, maybe a little overacting for some people. Yeah. I mean, I love the hate. Hate acting, you can go over the top, I'm fine with it. But other like too justified, that annoys me a little bit. But five of the 12 people have been nominated or won best acting or best supporting awards for really? the top five build guys. Like on when they put the billboard up, those guys have won or were nominated for best acting awards. Like it is a power house of actors all together. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they really are great. It's a great ensemble. I can't think of any other movies that primarily take place in one room. You yeah. guys think of any? I, I should have thought of Saw 2. That's so crazy <laughs> that I, I honestly thought of Saw as well. And like the first one, but Saw goes out and like touches outside of the room and things like that. I also so. hate Saw. So for me, Boy, there's a should. couple um, 
for me, I watch a lot of Star Trek. There's a couple Star Trek episodes that take place in a couple rooms. So like where they talk, like there's one with Captain Picard where he's like being tortured and they're trying to ask, make him say that there's only like a few lights. Like they're trying to say there's three lights, but there's actually four lights. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that, and there's another one in Deep Space Nine where Miles O'Brien is like in a, uh, like a cell but it's actually, he thinks he's been there for like a million years, but he's actually only been there for like 10 minutes, stuff like that. That's like a whole episode. So that's all I could think of. But I'm trying to think of things huh. I like a lot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Colin Farrell, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So let's just kind of talk about this real quick. I guess it's just a question. Uh, well, before we get to this, I want to say the guy that's number nine, the old man that has a couple keen observations, mm. he played number nine in the original, like, TV episode 12 Angry Men. So they carried him over. Oh, interesting. So he like really knows. Who played it. number eight? Anyone famous? Yes, definitely. Uh, Henri Funda. Yes, excellent. He played it in the original TV no, one. As no, well? no, oh, no, no, no. I think no, no, in this sorry. one. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so who, uh, which of the jurors do you think is doing the best acting job that you bought the most? Ooh, that's a tough question. And you can take Henry Fonda if you want. Down for me, I know. Uh, can I say? Yeah. I don't yeah. Number four. Number four is... That is my answer. 100%. Dude. Wrote number four. <laughs> E.G. Marshall mm, is money he sauce. He is great mm, yeah. in the movie. He is hands down like the most he believable to me. He carries it for me, even yeah. more than Henry Fonda. Yeah, he absolutely. is the best. Yeah. I love him. I'm like, how do I not know this guy? I'm, I'm going to put what his... What else like, is he in? I don't even know. I'm going to put his picture up on my wall. I love him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He could be, have only been in this. Like, came out of the darkness, performed in this, and just backed away into nothing, dude. I love him. What yeah. about what about George Voskovic? The watchmaker. So he's Czech. So he you, he played like he's not pretending to be like from somewhere else. Like he yeah. is. What you liked him a lot, Paul? I mean, I I agree with you guys. E.G. Marshall probably was the best, but I think George might have been a, a close second. So for George me. was he had the best conversion. Like his was the most. It wasn't just like no 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 no. Oh okay yeah 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 yeah. He like <laughs> kind of like slowly slew departed because he was like sort of involved in like the outsider hatred type thing yep. that was going on then he was sort of involved in like the american versus other things theme like america's really cool mm. and like he was involved in a lot of the different themes and he was um sitting next to robert weber like the mad many type guy that we talked about yeah. so like they were the madman guy was like well you like the name he's like yeah i do like he would seem like pretty friendly actually but then he would get a little nasty but then he tried to be professional like number four and says maybe you don't understand like reasonable and then like i yelled at him and he seemed like he's he did a pretty good job i just think four eg marshall carried it yeah but he might have had the simplest character to act out too so he right did some good subtlety like, yeah i'm just straight logical that's all i am oh you think oh see but eg Marshall, uh, I don't know. He, he delivers he, everything in a very believable way. I could argue that yeah. the subtle lines to deliver believably mm. is harder than the yeah. guy that's like very, I'm angry. Like angry <laughs> is an emotion that you can absolutely see and you can absolutely act out. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, to really have his level of just like sincerity Without being over the top, it's it's very very impressive. Like uh, he's just great. I'm trying to look up right and now. He was one of the what few people. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't notice anything. Else he, was he was one there. of the only people that sat back. Really, everyone else is like leaning forward a lot of the time, and he's the only person that sat back. And I just thought that he's not overacting it. He's not trying to get his face in there. He is his character. Like I, 
I was so glad you said that, Greg. I just like it for me, it was hands down too. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I loved it. So if I had to say the best, I'd say number four is the best mm-hmm. uh, as far as acting. Yeah. I would then say Henry Fonda is probably number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, I would probably say it's that Robert Weber guy. Now I don't really, really know if it's necessarily that I think his acting is the best or as much as just, I like his character the most. I think he's the only character that kind of, Wavers more. He wavers oh, more than everyone else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes back and, and forth a couple and times. And that's believable to me. Like, Very that's, believable. Th- there wasn't enough. That's I think one of the things that kind of bothers me a little bit about the movie is it's like I would think if if this was on a jury and and we should ask you, know, you should ask your question if if people have been on a jury or not. Yeah. Um, I would think if I I have not, but I would think if if I'd been in a jury that like certain people would change you know they would say like oh yeah. well, you know what i believe oh no and they would go back and forth because there are good arguments being made on both sides yeah. throughout i mean throughout this thing and so i think his character is believable maybe not necessarily his acting but i really liked his character mm-hmm. so those are probably the three for me that that i like the most but definitely journal number four best job probably yeah. the best character yeah. um just because journal number eight gets a little like you know righteous and yeah it's like he's like carrying around excalibur like fighting down injustice a little bit when i was a kid out like i see henry fonda i know henry fonda yeah yeah i was like i see henry fonda i know henry fonda he's all in white he's a good guy i trust narrators and i trust movies he has to be right yeah you go get him henry fonda that's how i felt but like when i watch it now being older and like interacting with people, I guess, and watching on a film, probably it changed. Probably being more cynical. That's probably yeah. part of I it mean, too, you know? I mean, that really is, I didn't want to say that, but that's like, that's literally <laughs> what I felt. Like, he would say something, and I was like, is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I kept thinking I'm in my mind. I'm just saying it's possible! Yeah, and I, and then when someone says, like, a couple of things, like, hey, it's also possible that, like, he doesn't say this, but, like, pigs could fly, and I'm like, it is possible. It is possible, Henry Fonda. It is. I'm saying it is. <laughs> just take it. Like, I just got a little bit annoyed. Like, if that had been uh, played down, like, it would have been, like, Super, super insane. All right, let's just go with a couple more questions. Like, have you guys ever been on a jury? I know you can't talk about it for like ten years, like the case or whatever. Is or that some, true? There's something like that. Yeah, my dad well, was obviously on. Obviously, I've never. My been dad on one, was on so some. No yeah, idea. My dad was on something like that, and he couldn't talk about it for a long time. He still doesn't talk about it. Um, I got called for jury duty. I used to live in a really small town in Colorado, and we used to get called for jury duty all the time because there's not a lot of people. So you, you drive out of town because there's a couple towns in the county, and I sit there, and the only people I see. I was like 19 or 19 year old kids and 65 year old people. <laughs> and those are the only people that live there. I know. And then they take six people cause it was like a small case and I go, okay. And then one guy was like a man and wife and they were like, do you think you can be on a jury with your wife and not uh, like be swayed by her? And I was like, if they accept both of these people, this is ridiculous. And they did. And I was like, my faith in you has broken. <laughs> like, I was like, that's so foolish. And then they pulled me in for a jury duty when I was, like in, and you did not serve on the jury. No, no, case. they were like everyone else can You're go just home. Part of the and selection. I, yeah, and I was like, I drove two hours. I hate you. Then I got called in when I was in dental school, and like in a week, I took the board exam, and I had been studying for months, ten hours a day to study this, and I was furious. I was crazy furious. And they're like, if anyone has a reason, they shouldn't. And I was like, I cannot be here. I need to study for this test. I'm very angry that I'm here. I'm angry. And they were like, All right, everybody can go except for. Sean and I was like <laughs> I was already out of there dude like I wrote like, except this, everyone can go except. no no everyone has to stay except for me oh. so I left like, I was like they dismiss everyone we'll keep the angry guy <laughs> no, no. so like I just I got to leave because I was like this is like I can't I can't be doing this like I got 
stuff to do. And I, and if I got called now, I would be angry. I have to go to work. I get paid for every day I'm at work. If I'm not at work, I don't get paid. So I need to go to work. You shouldn't think like that, but I've never actually gone and sat in the courtroom. I've only sat in the like waiting room and then I just wasn't selected. So like the waiting room where there's no judge, there's no, there's literally nobody. It's like, you're just sitting there. That's why I'm saying is that you can't back out of these being on juries because you're educated, right? Like they're educated people on juries are very valuable. Educated, rational, logical people are when very valuable. When I went valuable. to jury duty and they had those people up there and they asked some questions, there was an engineer. They asked him a question. I was like, that seemed like a good answer. Only guy dismissed by the lawyers. That was the only educated person that was there. He was the only person dismissed. Because they just want they just want fire people that they are want just people they can influence. I don't know. We don't need to talk about the jury system anyway, but. That's what I noticed. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I was angry a lot of the time watching the movie. Very angry at things Henry Fonda was saying, I guess, because I was a oh. little feisty. Uh, I've been called for jury duty, made it to the courtroom. <gasps> wow. And, and basically, I didn't throw, I, from the sound of things, I didn't throw quite the same fit that you did. But yeah. I was like, I can't be here right now. And so they let me go. You guys are not true citizens. I would I love am, to be on I am a jury. Dying to be on a jury. Not just not I'm, right now. I'm dying to be juror number eight. No. <laughs> I'm just saying it's possible. <laughs> no, they would never let me. I'm gonna on. work 14 of those in. I'm in this too podcast. black and white in my movies and in my thoughts for them to let me in. They would say one fact like, "That's it, baby." <laughs> it's over. It's done. Yeah, they're probably beyond a reasonable <laughs> doubt. So, if you're juror, if you would be juror number three in this case, yeah, would you have? eventually swayed or if you think that so something I, is for sure I don't know you're so say I guess no. we can talk about that right now we can talk about what we thought of the case a little bit now I had a couple questions they kept saying the knife fell out of his pocket in his pants where are his pants is there a hole in these pockets <laughs> yeah am I right yeah. am I right yeah you're then right. they say well they can only be made by glasses isn't it possible Henry Fonda they could be made by two birds sitting on her face all day maybe she owns crazy birds you know what I mean? I, like, it's insane. Maybe she does sleep with her glasses on. I know people that take showers with their glasses on. I have done that. I wear glasses. Also, when you wear glasses and something happens, I can't tell you how fast a, a person in the dark that does not see good can put on their glasses. Also, older people, she they said she was older, they wear reading glasses 99% of the time. They don't wear glasses for, like, being, like, farsighted. Does that make sense? Or nearsighted. Do you know what I mean? Like, she could probably see that far anyway. And then they're saying, well, the train only takes 10 seconds. Maybe the train took 20 seconds this time. Isn't that possible? Maybe it had a different driver. Maybe the electricity was off. Trains never come late. Like, I, I just felt like every time Henry Fonda said something, I could think of 10 things. I was just getting so riled so up. So juror number four is over to my left now. So <laughs> would you, <laughs> which juror would you like to be today? <laughs> I'll be juror number eight. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, certainly. And um, it's also possible Henry Fonda could be lying the whole time. I found this knife. It was just in a store down there. Maybe he spent 20 hours trying to find the exact knife like that, and he ordered it just so he could do that point. Do you know what I mean? Isn't that possible? Like, yeah. I just There's like, obviously a lot of drama. Yeah, I mean, this. I yeah. think yeah. they said, you know, I read the wiki page before this, and uh, Sonia Sotomayor, the Supreme Court justice, said she uh, used to speak to juries and say, Don't do this. If you've seen 12 Angry Men, don't do this. This would be cause for a mistrial. So... The, the level of speculation they use is not really that plausible. So we don't really need to get into the legal, technical, accu- you know, <laughs> like details of the case. Because it's, 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 it is a movie, right? Yeah. The question is like, to me, it's less on the story 
And I don't mind that the story is a little unbelievable. It was me. It was the delivery of some of the yeah. lines that were just. I'm still drawn in. Like I'm still loving I, it. Yeah, it I just, love it. Like, if this movie was on TV, I would absolutely watch oh, it. Like I just yeah. come across it. It's great. It's Christmas Eve or whatever. I'm hanging out with the family. And oh, and hey, you're gonna make on. them suffer through this movie. Suffer? It's a good movie. <laughs> I think it's great. I just have a little too much spite and anger in my blood to let certain let certain justicey assy people go by. Like I can't let them go by without something. Do we want to ask what jury you most aligned with? You know, we already said who we thought did the best, or yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. But like, I'm watching the whole thing, and. I, you know, I, it's, I think kind of natural. You could say like, Oh, that's kind of who I would be or whatever. And, um, and when I was in eighth grade, I was like the foreman, the person that I read, I was like, this would be how I would be like, let's yeah. follow the rules and let's like talk about it. And that's yeah. totally who I'm. I don't know if that's me today, but Isan, you hundred percent are journal number four. Like oh, yeah. that's, that was, I was watching it and his like logical arguments and he's like, okay. And it's down to like only three people yeah. that are now still voting guilty. And he goes, all right. And he goes, boom, 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 boom. And he starts rattling off all the, uh, the evidence. And I'm like, this is Isan. And it, it was like, it just was so cool. Like to me, I, I was like, that is, and that's what this is. Each yeah. one of these people are like archetypes of basically yeah, no, basic human personalities. Yeah, it's right. Such, it's like and, breaking down instead of super ego in ego, it's breaking you into like, into 12. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a personality test. Like you could watch this movie and it could be a personality test. There's absolutely going to be one. Like hmm. Paul, did you resonate? Did you look at one and say like, that's me? Not, I, I don't think anyone resonated with me if I was to try and pick one. Maybe Juror 9, Joseph Sweeney, the old man. That's who, you, the who, old man? Basically, what did you think? He, he tosses him? Henry Fonda a bone because Henry that, Fonda's taken this risk. That's something he would do. But was, another character also tosses a bone later. I think he would be um, Ed Bins, the nice working man who eventually the people are going to get in a fight and he goes, why don't you calm down a little bit? Why don't you? And he goes, that is possible. He does say he's one of the first people to go ahead and say, and he seems like a nice, good guy. That's person that's, I, a, that's a good, that's a, probably a better pick than me. I had picked for Paul. I said, juror 12, the that's fine. guy, because <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I thought Paul would be the type of person that would be open-minded enough to say, okay, he's guilty. Oh, you know what? He's not Paul, guilty. You know guy. what? You know what? He's guilty. Uh, you know what? He's not guilty. You throw, right, people, you know, like, you throw people a bone. You're a nice, good, hardworking guy. You're good looking like yeah. number 12. And, and you have no spine. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> no, no. He's open. He's open. What about you? What, what about me? What, who did you relate to? I don't know. It's tough. Like, I didn't have anyone that I, like I said, in eighth grade, it would be number one. Um, yeah. I think you still sort now, of, I mean, you do like the policy. You would have liked to follow I do the like rules. rules. Yeah, for sure. you're rules based, and you would have liked yeah. to have it be in order. Like, what are we going to yeah. do? On, and know. I would say a combination of one and eight for me yeah. is what I would probably say is yeah. my personality. Yeah. Yep. For me, it would be, I would have been four. That's what I would have said because he has those like three hard facts. You cannot dispute these facts. It does. It matters very little what you're I've, I have said that sentence so many times. I don't care what you're saying to me. These three things are facts. Nothing else you say has any relevance or bearing on these three facts. Then when one of his facts in his mind gets broken down to at least be possible enough, and I can sort of see it, then he says, yes, it is possible. And he doesn't get angry. He doesn't get mad. That's just how it is. Yeah. You would get mad. I would would be more mad. Yeah. I would be more mad. You'd be a little... 
You'd yeah. be like a four, but so, like maybe in your distant family tree, there was a three. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, four, three. I would have been sitting between those two guys. Yeah, I like you. I like you too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good stuff. It's like, it'd be like the devil angel yeah, on your shoulder. Really it's like three and four. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little three and four in each side. Paul, who do you see yourself as? I said nine. Oh, that's right. You said nine. Like, because you just like, this guy's taking a risk. He's throwing some out. Let's let's flesh this out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good movie for that, and I think that a lot of these are pretty, you know. But I think that's one of the things that that kind of hurt it for lasting uh, relevance or just lasting greatness is that if part of your movie relies on stereotypes mm. or archetypes, that these archetypes aren't the same as like Yoda. Or Luke Skywalker, like those guys the are hero like, yeah, yeah, like mm -hmm. that's the hero and the mentor, and like those are those are ones that are like more broad. This one is more stereotypes than archetypes, almost, and like I, sales guy, yeah, racist guy, yeah, and it's like old guy. That's gonna tire with time, you know. And I think that's probably a big reason I didn't like it now in comparison to Eighth Grade. Um, so I, I just I fear that we watch this movie in 40 years and we go you know what it's dated it's not really that relevant anymore and other movies have done this same type of thing a little bit better again possibly proving my theory <laughs> possibly that but eventually the I'll godfather the godfather will never drop yeah i i like people but people like to be sorted they like to take personality tests they like to say they that's like me that. i mean i i yeah, I know I we were like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the thing. I mean, that's a big draw of, you know, Harry Potter. You're Slytherin, you're Hufflepuff, you know, and that's the only lady that ever became a billionaire from writing books. Any person, not just lady. You know what I mean? I think people do like that sort of stuff. So I think it will keep going, especially if it wasn't, especially if it's a first time viewer or a younger viewer, you're not going to matter time that stuff. Like really you're going like to love movie. it. It's going to really hit you on your ass. I think, I think it's really good. I don't really think there's good. too many people that are going to dislike this movie. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really good. Do um, we want to say who we think Zach would be? We didn't really say that. Oh, Zach, our producer. Hmm. Okay. I'm going, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, I think he would, I think he would still be, I think he would be, um, the, uh, Number eleven, the watch guy, because he, yeah. like, I Zach always tells me he has these arguments, and he's like, I think the initial reason we're having this argument is because we have different definitions for things. Maybe you don't quite understand what reasonable doubt means. <laughs> Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it, you're, so yeah. I would say I think that's a very good pick, and I wavered there too. I would say number five. The guy who grew up in a violent slum. That and was the seems, other answer I was going to say. Seems, seems slightly calm. different than everybody yes, else. That's a exactly bit. So that's different. Like, yeah. I know something about this world that you don't know. Yeah. You know, and I have valid things to kind and of contribute to this group in this conversation. Even though it doesn't you know? look like I do, I do know. Yeah. Because Zach's an engineer, but he interacts with a lot of blue collar workers. But Zach's like blue collar family. Like he does a lot of work with his hands. And for someone to be like, you don't know, he'd be like, actually, I do know. Yeah. Let's kind of switch into look, cinematography, feel a little bit. I guess that will bleed into directing, but you got wanted to talk about they chose black and white, obviously, because like Wizard of Oz, nineteen thirty nine, color, the yeah, we're 18, ruby red slippers. Yeah, that, so yeah. they had to literally choose that. Okay, so what do you think besides obvious? Henry Fonda wears all white. Also, if you watch a black and white movie, it's not actually black and white. 
99% of it is gray. Do you know what I'm saying? And I felt like maybe that's too much into it, but a lot of these facts, a lot of this stuff, it's not black and white. Very few of the people actually wear all black or all white, except for pretty much Henry Fonda. It's a good point. Yeah. It's really gritty. I mean, it gives this like dark kind of, it's, it feels like Gotham city, you know, like it's, it's New York, but it's not clean New York. It's like, gives we're it talking noir, about crimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very, very much like that. Yeah. yeah. It gives it a little, and I think when you're really sweaty in black and white, it looks more sweaty than, and I felt hotter in this movie than I didn't do the right thing. And even though I do the right thing, they tell you it's hot like a hundred times in the first 10 minutes of the movie. They say it's hot. Like once he's the hottest day of the year Oof. and the fan doesn't work. But man, when number three is yelling, like that guy sweat. Like yeah. they didn't spray bottle that guy. He's sweaty. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And they do that with the shots too. They have really close up shots that make you feel like if you're sweating and you're right in somebody's face or the camera's right in somebody's face, like you're definitely feeling it. Um, yeah. The sweating and the close ups they happen almost simultaneously though when yeah. they didn't before because Lumet, Sid baby, as I'm going to call him from now on, Sid, the director, he did all this stuff on purpose with his award-winning cinematographer, the cinematographer Kaufman. He won the year before for best cinematography. This guy has like a crazy story. Anyway, I'm going to go on a side tangent. He used to live in Poland when it was owned by the USSR. When Poland became free, he left. Then he went to France to go to university for film. Then what happens? Nazis start coming. He fights the Nazis with France. Nazis start to win. When France falls, he escapes to Canada and eventually the United States to become a cinematographer. Anyway, so he identifies with a bunch of these characters. Anyway, what they do is all the shots in the beginning of the film, they start extremely high. And then they become lower and lower and lower. If you ever watch the film until eventually the camera is closer, they become lower and closer. Just as everyone becomes, the case becomes tighter. People's decisions become tighter. The room gets hotter. People get sweatier. It's almost an unconscious thing, but it is helping tell the story amazingly. Like it, there's yeah. such masterwork in cinematography and directing and Sid, this is his first theatrical direction movie. Like there is awesome stuff going on, like behind the scenes. And like at the end, when the camera is in the closet mm-hmm. and they're coming to get their coats, you know, and the camera follows them out, that's the one following shot. And there's only one long following shot. Or even when the credits are playing and the fan is going and the lights are going outside, and it's just the empty room. I think that's great stuff. There was also a lot of um, fidgeting. You know, there's so much, so many shots of at the actors standing up, taking off their jacket, putting on in the chair, and then coming back to the jacket, putting the jacket back on. As I was watching the movie, I was like, you guys, all, why are you even still wearing jackets? It's like, stood out to me. It was kind of irritating, but I think that's also a little just like, Added to the claustrophobic, yeah, it the hot really, nature. I mean, I think the editing is really good, too. You never feel like you're in the wrong place, and you feel like you're sitting at the table, or I do. Mm. I feel like you have a spot at the table, and like when they're talking things, you yeah. look at people as they stand up and look, you watch them for a little bit, and then you stop following them. I think you're never out of a shot. It, it never take the shot, directing, or camera work, it never takes you out of it. It only adds. It's almost like the... The other thing that goes along with the shots, and this is something we don't often talk about. I don't even know the term for it. I think it's just, is it staging? Is it just, yes, it's, yeah. it's where That's like you direct, you like direct how people are going to walk around this room, right? Yeah. You don't notice it very often in many movies because most scenes are one, two, three people all talking to each other, right? But, but this scene, or you have some huge battle scene or whatever, right? And there's a million people in there. But this one has 12 people. And I thought the intricacies of everybody walking around the table is the blocking. That's what it is. The, yes. blo- the blocking of it. 
is great. Like it's it's really really well done and feels exactly like it would feel if you were kind of in this situation. Yeah, it is like the direction of the players, like the physical direction of keeping where the camera is. It never feels fake, never feels contrived. It just adds to the story. Just think of it. You're black and white. You have no color. You're only in one room. You only have the same actors. Nothing changes. They can't move around that much. There's no action. You have the There's sim- like four props. So, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. the simplest tools. Now imagine, Paul, you had a computer. You had any color you needed in the world. You had any pencil, any artist, any teacher to help you. Do you think you could do better than Michelangelo with a black and a white and a paper? No, you could not. You're giving, like, this cinematographer, this director, a lot of these actors the simplest tools, and they are creating a masterpiece. I think that feat is sensational. Sidney Lumet also directed I didn't really comment on this in the beginning, but yeah, go for he also directed Dog Day Afternoon Network, which I think Network is incredible. Uh, and The Verdict, those are probably his uh, most notable ones. Uh, he also had five films with Sean Connery. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, do we want to talk a little? I mean, there's not a lot of music in it. There's like a beginning no, and end. Not too much that's there. Not, that's also just, I, I dislike it a lot of the time when someone has to take, a director has to use music to tell me how to feel. Do we want to talk about why they make the decision to, obviously I have some things to say. I think yeah, it's yeah, go simple, for it. Yeah, of course. why they make the decision to not name any of the characters. And then why do they make decisions at the very end to reveal journal number eight and nine's characters saying like Davis and McCurdy, um, or is it McCready? I don't really remember, but Davis is certainly number eight. You know, like one of the scenes that I like that's certainly not believable at all is he's like, what's your name again? And he holds up the sheet for him and he goes, he goes, uh, that one there. No one would ever say that. <laughs> say, my name is Greg. It's that one there. Like, you're not going to be like that one there. Well, okay. You don't your think so? name is Greg Butler. Yeah. My name is Eson. I would say that. You, cause yours is unique. Just so that they would not talk to me. Oh, that's a great name. Where's that from? Oh, how do you say that again? Please don't talk to me. <laughs> I, like, so you would, you literally would point and say that that one there. This one, yeah. Really? Okay. I would do that. Yeah. So why do I mean why do we think that they chose? I liked that line. I thought it was like kind of cool because it definitely shows deliberately like we're not going to show yeah, the names. I, yeah. I'm very confused by the end of why they decide See, to reveal I names. I don't get it. I think it's not. I, I think it's a mistake. I, I understand I it and I know why they did it, but I th- I agree with. That. I think it's a mistake. I think they should not have done that. I think it's way better to just have like cool number one. Number two, number Have three, be these the foreman. I think that's great. I think, yeah, like yeah. Mr. Pink, Mr. Yeah, that's Why really you, good. So you understand it. What, so my, I some, have a guess. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that those are the two people that feel good about themselves leaving there. They are the two. He is the one. Henry Fonda, he believes it and he thinks he's right and he thinks he saved a man's life. And Sweeney, a.k.a. Mr. Paul over here, he thinks he's right for giving him the chance. he's right for giving him the chance. Those are the two people that feel good. Okay. I like it. But I would have rather them, it'd be nothing. Yeah. I, and I also would have rather no talk at the end. And it, I love, love, love. I'm just going to say it. My favorite scene of the whole movie is when everyone is just walking out of the courthouse. They're disappearing back to their own lives. They will never see these people again. It's just like a, such a tight little thing that happened that changed your life forever. And you're not supposed to ever talk about it ever again. Like, I think that's just amazing. And then the rain has finally stopped. Mm -hmm. The day is cleared. It's got, I can almost like smell that like wet fresh of the cement. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then number three stands there, rubs his head over his 
his hand over his head and you don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to talk to his son or is he going to dig down deep again? You don't know. I just, I love that when they're walking out and I think them talking at the end ruins it. Mm. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? Think about the end and then give us your favorite scene since I just did mine. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with them kind of going up and meeting each other for the, I think, I think you, you said that you think it's because they're the ones that feel you know, the best about the situation. Mm-hmm. I, I so they're kind in of turn viewed with their own identity so they can say their identities. Yeah. I, I kind of viewed it slightly differently as those were the two people who felt that they had done justice. Right. And it's very similar, but not exactly the same. I didn't really have a, a total problem with it. Um, it didn't take you out of it or anything like that. You were still, no, I was totally fine. All with right, it. Good. All right. My favorite scene was probably, and this is such a silly scene, the but it's, it, it's no, when uh juror number four has that bead of sweat coming down after he's said, oh. like, I never sweat. And then he's sweating. <laughs> Esan. <laughs> when Esan had that bead of sweat, I think you mean. So if we're doing favorite scenes, I guess I'll go with yeah. mine. Uh, no scene in here really stands out to me. So I have a much more, a much more conviction on my least favorite scene. Go for mm. it. Um, but I'll do my favorite scene first. Uh, eighth grade Greg really liked when he pulls out the second knife and throws it on the table. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like you're yeah. like, but come that, on, that gets you. Yeah, if you never like, seen it before, like that cool. would be like, damn. And part of what it is is he pulls it out, and then it's a switchblade, which is cool, and it's like, and the sound, and then he throws it, and the sound of it hitting too. Yeah, it's like a lead up, and then it's like a climax of boom. Yeah. And it hits like yeah. it relieves the tension. Like all great storytellers, like you build tension, you cut it, but you still have this undertone that's building and building and building, and you build the tension, you cut it, you build the tension, you cut it, while you're still building like the underneath it until it finally goes. Like it's master storytelling. Yeah, it's cool. It's a really cool scene. I like it. Uh, what I hate about it, and that's not my least favorite scene. What I hate about it is everyone's reaction after, where they all, oh, <laughs> like, like whoa, like little kids. I'm like, God. Yeah, I think again, someone flipped over, their chair over, right? Yeah, no, like, I'm just overacting. <laughs> oh my I'm just God. like, all right. So my least favorite scene, and this is one of those that you don't notice when you're in eighth grade, or maybe you even think it's really good when you're in eighth grade. But it's the one where uh, juror, what, what juror number is he? The He's given that racist rant. Is he? Oh, uh, 10. Ed Big 10, yeah. 10. So he's given his racist rant. As he's given his racist rant, he's trying to get everybody to sort of, uh, you know, get on a side or whatever. And one by one, they're slowly getting up. They're walking away from the table and then they're facing away from him. I completely agree. And I was just like, what is this? Like how, like there's no subtlety, how in my face you have to like, how dumb do you think I am? Right. It's just like, it's not believable. That shit would never happen in a courtroom. You know, I people and one by one, like if it was going to happen, it'd be like maybe a couple people would get up and they'd, you know, people might turn away. It's just everyone faces the wall. It's just really, it's yeah. like too. Well, there's one person that hokey. doesn't face the wall. Juror number four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just asked him to sit down. Which is sweet. That's yeah, like that a sweet, sweet reaction. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, that definitely did take me out of it. Oh, when I was see, when I watched movie. it, I was like, I thought it was powerful. Maybe I'm cheesy at that point, but I thought it was pretty good. You liked that I scene. liked it okay. because it was physical acting. There were no words. Oh, you're racist. Oh, this. Oh, that. It was just, we don't accept that. Yeah. We don't do that. 
and I, I, I mean, it was a little in your face, of course, but sometimes in your face things can be okay. And for me, that was fine. My least favorite scene is when Henry Fonda gives that like little like hokey speech about justice in America for like a sentence or two. That's that, your least favorite? Yeah. Well, just I like that. That scene. took. See, I mean, it's just everyone likes a yeah. little bit different cheesy stuff. <laughs> but so for me, that took me out of it a little bit because I started hearing Henry Henry Fonda because Henry Fonda was quite a Democrat also. Uh, that I just heard Henry Fonda and not maybe Jury Number Eight. Hmm. Yeah, I I liked it. I thought that was well good. Yeah. I thought that was like kind of a cool theme of it was you know, and I don't know maybe it's somewhat relevant to today. So no, juror number four in particular. There's a scene where they're going around <laughs> later on and they're saying guilty, not guilty. They're probably about halfway, you know, half and half at this yeah. point. They get to juror four and he lights his cigarette and he goes. <sighs> guilty <laughs> it's just like that to me i was like fuck you Isa. <laughs> i was like god it's so good yeah i so you, we could put that in earlier with yeah, the, yeah, the part yeah, of no, you being number I mean, four there was a lot of good scenes you could have a lot of favorite scenes i yeah. think and you could have and it's cool that a favorite scene could be a least favorite scene like it has something for everybody yeah. like i'm all I'm all about it. Oh, I had one thing I kind of wanted to mention. It's called 12, 12 Angry Men. Now, at the time of the movie, uh, I was wondering. I was like, well, are only men allowed to be on juries? Or did this just, like, sort of happen? That Like, I wonder if it is allowed. Because, like, when you're there, like, um, the counselors, they can dismiss people. You know what I mean? So they can say, oh, I don't want juror number four. I want them dismissed. Or at least that's what happened when I was there and they mm-hmm. were choosing people. And I wonder if, depending on your case... If it would be allowed that you could just say, oh, jury number two, uh, I don't think she's good for us. And you just kept saying every woman. Do you know what I mean? You, that you, you, only, you only get so many replacements yeah. without, say, without cause. Yeah, so you, yeah. But say you did that. Say you asked the question, asked questions until you found like a small enough. Do you know what I'm, I just yeah. wonder if you could pointedly do that. Do you think that? Like, I just wonder. Mm, now, I don't think you could. Yeah. I'm I sure looked you up this time at this thing. In 1942, 28 states had women on their juries. And then in 1957, they allowed women on, which is the time of the movie, they allowed women on federal ones, federal juries. And then in 1973, all women were every f- type of jury. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's somewhat plausible that this could have been yes. and all men. Also, even in those 28 states, a lot of them, if you were a lady, you could just decline and they would say, oh, you're a lady, you decline. That's fine. Hmm. Just simply based on your gender. It sort of relates to a question that I had had in the beginning. I thought more about it. Like, why 12 angry men, yeah. right? Is Henry Fonda angry? You know what I mean? Like... Why it makes not, me angry. Why not 11 <laughs> angry men? Why not 12 good men? Why not 12 stressed men? You know, so, like, uh, what's mm, the reason yeah, for it? I don't know. I think it's just to get you excited. Marketing. Yeah, I think that's... You think a, marketing more than anything? I think also that there's a lot of anger going on or a lot of potential anger that could happen. And I think everyone gets angry at least once at some point. Yeah. This movie has been remade in like every country and every language. And usually they take a slightly different theme. And in, in Japan and China and like Russia, it's 12 something else men. So, or just 12. So there's like different themes. The one in uh, Japan actually has to do with uh, their theme is more, there's a lot of classism between, you know, people descended pretty much from samurai and people that are not. Do you know what I mean? So there's like a, cl- so they take their own edge on it. I mean, Japanese film is very high level, of course. So, but I know, I'm curious. I would like to watch some of those movies and see like what other yeah. adjective they use. I yeah. guess. 
The more I thought about it, the more I liked the name, though. Yeah, so, it's like, awesome. I'd, I'd written that down probably Spicy. like 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, and then I ended up being like, you know what? I like 12 Angry Men. Um, yeah. And I, I ended up thinking it was the right name. And I, because I was trying to think of other ones and I mean, nothing else fit as well. You said, you said almost everybody's angry in there at one point in time. They all have different reasons for being angry, oh, yeah, too. Oh, yeah. That guy, Zach's character, saying, uh, I played in more backyards that have more trash than you've ever known. You yeah. know I mean, he gets mad at that guy. Then different people get mad at the racism. Then one guy gets mad at uh, the like baseball fan for yeah. just changing his vote because he wants to leave. And I was like, yeah. that seems like a very plausible reason to me. But <laughs> and that uh, same guy's pissed because he's missing the game. Yeah, yeah. and, and he's then also, Jer, yeah, Jer one's like getting mad because people aren't following the rules or aren't listening to him. Yeah, that everyone has a little. At least at some point, they get a little bit. Aggravated. Do we, about, uh, do we want to talk about the Henry Fonda choice to abstain from the vote and just say, if you guys are all in agreement, I'll take a step back. I feel like that's something we should talk about. We shouldn't just gloss over. I thought that was pretty cool. I think that was yep. really, I thought it was really respectful. I thought to say, you know, maybe I'm just not getting it. You know, maybe if you guys all think that way and you think that hard and I respect you all as individuals and you all feel that way and I've heard some things. That's fine. You know, I'll go along with it. You know what I mean? Um, I thought that was cool. I don't know. I mean, it's very dramatic. And then, of course, what? The second to last vote or something is not guilty. I don't think Henry Fonda's character did that to be like, oh, maybe I'm missing something. I oh. think it was very Oh, he's assy and he thinks he's got him. You think he gets more power? Because <laughs> if you did that and you know you're going to win you all of a sudden get a lot more power in the sense of well, like... Well, you know how this movie would be made like now? It would be made like that movie with John Cusack or whatever. Henry Fonda would walk out and instead of him talking to the old man, some guy would come up and hand him 600 bucks and goes, thanks. And then walks <laughs> off. <laughs> you could edit that into the movie and it could be two different movies and it would be just as good, I think. Yeah. Here's 600 bucks. Thanks, bud. And then walk off. <laughs> Why do they choose... So it's all in one room except for like two minutes, three minutes that are in the bathroom. Why even do that? That's plot setup because I th I don't think they need it. Does that uh, make sense? I would like it to be all in one room. That'd be really <laughs> no, cool. No, it would be cool. I don't think they need it. I think that's a little weak. They don't need yeah. it. It's just to set up the plot because they say like a few times in there, unanimous, and they also set up the theme of like this is really important. This is a guy's life. You know what I mean? But Henry Fonda does that with his dialogue, so I think writing is one of the more weaker things. I would say at least plotting anyway. So you think it's a mistake. You don't think there's anything intentional that we're missing. Well, from that. intentional, I guess it sets up like the beginning before they start getting like, like angry, I guess, because one juror says like, Oh, it was so exciting. The other guy says, man, I fell asleep like five times. And then the juror, I mean the judge who people see a judge, they go, Oh, he's a judge. I mean, it's to be respectful. He must be smart. Says he acts like it's done yeah. deal, baby. Yeah. He's, he's got, got his hand on his face his mind. and he's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Very routine for him. Yeah, it just seems done deal. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, it's still, yeah. Do we want to talk about why on the list, off the list, 400, yes, no, maybe so? What do you think, Greg? Certainly 400. Ooh. I, uh oh. I don't Here know, we go. man. I don't know. Like, I just struggle, right? We look, <laughs> we look at these lists and. There's not enough modern movies on here. And I know you've seen a lot of these old movies. Yeah. I haven't necessarily seen all of them. And I love 12 Angry Men. I think it's great. But is this like an all-time great? Like, 
am I going to say that this is better than No Country for Old Men? Am I going to say that this is better than There Will Be Blood? Is this better than, you know, like, I I just don't know, right? I think if I had to rate it, I think it's appropriately rated on the list. I think high or, you know, high 80s to the 100 rank, I think it should probably be on the list. But... You know, I said it earlier, I I think it's going to lose its power 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now. I think it's going to feel dated. I don't think it's a forever movie. And it doesn't really do anything that's that revolutionary unique, except for the fact that it's in one room, which is really, really cool. Um, So, you know, I fear for the future of this movie being on the list. But I also wouldn't be surprised if this at the anniversary list jumped up 40 spots. Mm, like, yeah, I don't, I cannot even predict where this movie would go. So I think I would just keep it where it is, but wouldn't be surprised if it fell off. Wouldn't be surprised if it jumped 40 spots, which is, I, I don't know if there's going to be too many movies that, that you say I, that, that about, I have yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What about you? Well, I, I mean, I like, I agree with Greg that I think it should be lower on the list, but I think it should stay. I think it's very appropriate. I think, Perfect. I think you got Henry Fonda, you got master cinematography, excellent directing. It all takes place in one room. You're dealing with like heavy themes of racism, like America in general, like justice. You have immigrants going on. You have a lot of heavy themes. Masters doing work with simple tools. I think it's great. I like it on the list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Where? I'm not the right person to determine that. But on the list, I'm that's still good. learning. Now, it's your list, man. Yeah. Uh, where would you put it on and your list? It's, it's definitely eighth grade. I, Greg would have put this at number yeah, eleven. Yeah, me too. I would have been like, "This yeah. is great." Uh, no. Oh, I see what you mean. Out of the twelve that we've watched, definitely the top four so far. Nice, good. Okay, top four. Ooh. So some pretty uh, good movies. Uh, okay, maybe top five. Maybe yeah, top five. So, you gonna say this is better than Toy Story, Blade Runner, Pulp Fiction, and Goodfellas? Yeah, top five. Top five. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, do you? So if courtroom drama was a genre, Greg, and there had to be a courtroom genre movie. Yeah, this is number one. This is number one? Okay. Hands yeah, down. Scene? I mean, what, what else would even be the options? Like A Few Good Men? Yeah, I don't know. What are the other options? I actually looked up the list, too. It's on the AFI. They have that list yeah, of they have top courtroom 10. courtroom drama and movies. And A Few yeah. Good Men is on there. But what else is on there? The only one I really know, spoiler alert, is uh, Anatomy of a Murder mm. with Jimmy Stewart. I don't mm. know That's that the one, one I know. Better or worse than this? Mm, I would say just a little bit worse. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think it's of courtroom movies. Most yeah, of the I time, think it's courtroom, number one, yeah. courtroom movies are like the pinnacle of cheese, man. The pinnacle of like somebody's my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Don't be talking about bad about my Sorry, cousin Vinny. I forgot about my cousin Vinny. <laughs> it's more just the like pinnacle of cheese. Even when you're thinking about a few good men. Uh, no, no, I think a few okay. good men, but even then, like a few good men is over the top where he's like, you can't handle the truth. You know, I like it's it. a very iconic it. line and it's great. But like that doesn't happen in court, you know what I mean? Or like somebody that's like legally blonde, right? Where the the lady that got the perm is like, no, nah, what are you gonna do? I killed her. Okay, I killed her. And it's like nobody does that. Yeah, so, there's a lot of cheese cool. around breaking the witness. Yeah, down. like courtroom yeah, okay. stuff is always cheesy. You want to just go to grades then, Paul? Yeah, let's do some grades. I gave this an A minus. A minus for me too. A minus for me. Dang. Look at wow. that. Consensus. Is that a first ever consensus? I think, I mean, this it movie is. is an A minus. I think, I mean, it's, it's set in we stone were, now. Set we were gold. close on Goodfellas. You and guys both gave Goodfellas an A. Close on Pulp Fiction. And I gave it an A plus, yeah. so I screwed up. 
Pulp Fiction, Isan, you and I both gave A pluses. Paul was a dumbass. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And then everything Blade else. Prequels, two A's and a B plus. Sophie's Choice was pretty good too. You oh. guys both gave it C's. I gave it a C minus. So, and then yeah, Sixth Sense was pretty close. So I guess we're pretty close, but this is true consensus. And a all minus. bad grades minus. on bringing a baby. Yes. Uh, yes, that is correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. If you liked this movie a ton, I guess I just did a spoiler alert two seconds ago, and you want another courtroom drama that has to do more with talking more than action or breaking people or kind of a justice sort of thin seeker who has some tricks up his sleeve, I would watch Anatomy of a Murder with Jimmy Stewart. And then also, if you like Henry Fonda and you like his kind of like strong will against like this prejudice like toying against prejudice i would actually recommend the oxbow incident it's a western it only has very few people and almost the whole movie takes place on one hilltop so go for those two okay cool Solid. next time we are doing number 86 on the list uh platoon directed by oliver stone exciting all right guys this is paul this is Isan, and this is greg signing off Have a good one.